0: Welcome to Repros Fight Back, a podcast on all things repro. I'm your host, Jenny Wetter, and each episode, I will be taking you to the front lines of the escalating fight over our sexual and reproductive health and rights at home and abroad. Each episode, I will be speaking with leaders who are fighting to protect our reproductive health and rights to ensure that no one's reproductive health depends on where they live. It's time for Repros to Fight Back. Hi everybody and welcome to this bonus episode of Repros Fight Back. We are again recording from Women Deliver and unfortunately it's gotten a little loud in the background here so you're all going to have to bear with us for this um, important conversation. So with me now I have Estrella Akade um, with Pathfinder International and she is currently in Mozambique. Um, hi Estrella. Hi, good morning. Good morning. Thank you. Um, thanks for being here. Um, do you want to tell me a little bit about
1: um, your work? Okay, I work for Pathfinder, as you said, in Mozambique, and I actually involved in several projects uh, uh, working to promote sexual and reproductive health, uh, particularly on with um, adolescents and youth, uh, also promoting gender equality. And actually, I see that as something that goes together. Like we cannot talk about gender equality and um, women's rights, girls' rights if we are not tackling sexual and reproductive health and rights. And we cannot talk about sexual and health and rights if we are not also addressing gender inequalities. So it's something that really goes together and we are working on this in several projects. And maybe I could Start talk a little bit about one of the projects that is a project actually funded by Global Affairs Canada and that I have been uh, uh, talking about in this uh, woman-delivered Conf. Okay. okay,
0: so, um, yeah, you want to tell me a little bit more about some of the projects you're working on in Mozambique? Okay. Okay, uh, I will actually focus on
1: one specific project. It's a project funded by, the, um, by Global Affairs Canada in two provinces. Uh, two provinces where we have uh, high rates of, um, of early marriage, high rates of um, early pregnancies. Also, where gender inequalities are very strong and uh, yeah. uh, present. And so this project, in this project, we are uh, focusing on adolescent girls and young women. To improve gender equality and so that, as we say, that these adolescent girls and young women can exercise their rights to bodily integrity and their rights to sexual and productive health, and this is something that goes really together. And we, as one of the first steps in this project, was to carry out a survey. We carried out a survey with the girls and women and young women, and also with men in the communities to. Really have a better knowledge of what were the um, social and um, gender norms in the communities, what were the perceptions and attitudes towards certain issues of uh, gender relationships, how are relationships in the house, how they saw that, and uh, also in relation to um, contraceptive methods, to um, a re- a gender-based violence, gender-based violence, and so it was a, a survey that has given us a lot of information. On what is the context we are working with
0: did, was there anything that surprised
1: you in the survey? Well, actually, uh, there, was some, there is some information that it really is aligned with the um, demographic and health survey that was carried out all over the I mean all across the country. Uh, it's like some statistics are similar, but we did, for example, find out that the um, gender marriage is more common than what we thought it was okay. uh, based on those uh, statistics. Something that okay, we know when we work in this field, ha, uh, but I think that the, that the studies shows is that the also women themselves and these young women, uh, they also have very ingrained patriarchal norms. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, so uh, how, for example, when they were asked, do um, you think that uh, a man has the final say in the household? I mean, we have even more Girls and young women saying that yes, it is the man who has the final say in the household than the men themselves. Or when they were asked if if, the, if a man has a right to kick the, his wife out of the house if she's raped, they also said, many of them, almost more than a quarter, said yes, yes, he has that right. So I think that is some aspect that uh, we have to remember that, yeah, themselves, they also believe that and, or that there are situations in which wives deserve to be beaten no? half of girls think that there are situations for example if she mm, uh, she's cooking and uh, she burns the cook or if she didn't uh, take good care of the children or she left the house or she different, in different right. situations if, that she did wrongly so I think this shows how these um, women also accept in that context, they, these, these situations are accepted and normalized. And that's why, you know, at the community level, they are seen if a woman has is, been, is suffering domestic violence, it's sometimes even thought, of, OK, the man is even educating the woman, right? Or it's right. uh, his, his, is, is his role to do that. And so we are not going to get into that situation. And it's accepted, and even if it gets really bad, the, the family kind of... Um, uh, the family also kind of is there to yeah.
0: but Yeah, I feel like that's one of those things that is not particularly uncommon to see is the difference between um, the ingrained gender norms that maybe aren't actually held. Um, I know in a lot of countries you see like with family planning um, you see a lot of Girls and women saying that men should get the final say, or he's against it. And when you see the men being asked, they're in favor of it. Um, and it's just this this very different views. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and
1: then something also uh, the fact of the pressure that these girls have to also the, to show first to get married and also to show their fertility. Yeah, because it's in in, in, in in their fertility that they are valued. And the, and the survey also showed that, that one in four men think that a woman uh, who cannot bear children is not a real woman. And le- the girls responded the same way. No? and So it is something that... Uh, so the pressure that they have to show that is very, very strong. And, and so this is something that also the, the studies showed and that we are working about. And, and then the barriers that uh, girls and young women... Have to, for example access family uh, contraception, or is they're also very 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 important and that also includes i mean different barriers, one of them for example providers health providers bias
0: oh yeah, absolutely that is something you run into in a number of ways, right whether it 's not wanting to give it to unmarried women or girls who haven 't had haven't already had a baby um you know sometimes there's that or just even um younger people going they don't want to provide services or aren't going to provide them in a youth friendly way there's a lot of biases a lot of
1: judgment and a lot of uh, or not providing all the information available or even the health provider taking decisions for the Girl or the young woman herself, no, it's like already saying what you should say. What what's the right? What's right for you, and not letting the, the the girl or young woman decide for herself based on the information, uh, wide information, and so. Yeah. this is something that we 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 saw in the survey, but we are also seeing in our actually in our activities in the field.
0: One of the things you saw in the survey is um, girls internalizing a lot of the patriarchy and accepting that gender-based violence is part of their lot in life um, is that something you also s- feel like you see a lot in the clinics and stuff as well
1: we see that in the yeah we see the, we see that in the field and and um, also that is linked to even for example in case in, in when it comes to sexual violence uh, the way we see that there are many, many adolescents and young women being sexually uh, abused, assaulted, raped. And the way they take this is usually in the guilty way. They are they feel that they probably, or as the culture says, oh, you were provoking or you were, you know. Uh, so usually there is a lot of um, first guiltiness uh, and then shame. There's They also feel like being not pure, not being, uh, not being again valuable, no, mm-hmm. like that. And so, uh, and when when it comes to a, in the in the domestic area in the household, yeah, they many times they feel it like, well, this is the way. And my mother also said, you have to to face this. It's always been like that. Sometimes it's like that. You have to endure this situation. Right. And I mean, but at the same time, we see that they're awesome more girls and young women speaking up, speaking out reporting cases uh, I mean this is going this goes also together with um, active actions that are being put in place to have a response to bi- gender based violence so there is uh, particularly as Pathfinder we are also working with the health providers, we are working with the police uh, we are um, addressing gender based violence in a like in a multi multisectorial way and involving different partners so that there is a more broader response to gender-based violence. So I think that's also starting to make more girls and young women to report, to have services. Uh, I mean, for example, one of the interventions that we have with the health system is to have um, make a response uh, that means to have uh, prophylaxis to have emergency uh, contraception, to have trained providers mm-hmm. to uh, to um, attend these cases in a friendly way, and because we also had situations in which it was a, also the provider who would be judgmental to these cases.
0: Yeah, that's always heartbreaking when you're already traumatized and then aren't getting compassionate care when you see a provider. So it's so great that you guys are working to ensure that that changes um, at your cl- in, in uh, Mozambique. So what are some of the strategies you guys have been working on to change these gender norms that we've been talking about? Well, we're working at the, as at the individual level. Uh-huh. Uh, in that sense, we are
1: working with, uh, uh, mostly with girls, but also we are working with boys, uh, but with girls at the, um, particularly, particularly creating spaces for girls to discuss uh, issues related to their body, mm-hmm. to their rights, health issues even just having their spaces to share their ideas. Sometimes they don't, that That's doesn't really exist. That's really important. Yeah. Um, also, uh, we are working with, uh, starting, I didn't say, starting also from a younger age, uh, we are start working with uh, primary schools in fifth and seventh grade uh, with boys and girls also to, to start talking about taking decisions, taking about at that age of shame. Changes, mm-hmm. no, of poverty, and also what those changes mean. Talk about about menstruation, for example, which is also a big taboo and, and, and a suffering for many girls. Uh, so, and what that means. And so, it's uh, uh, we start uh, starting to talk about violence and what is right and is not right. Uh, we start working on, we, um, around these issues in primary schools, then in secondary schools, and then also we have these groups of girls outside the school. Because we also know that there are girls that, or they left the school earlier, or they are married already, or they because they got pregnant and then they didn't go back to school. So there are also many girls that are outside the the, the educational system, and that we are also working with them. And we also have a community intervention uh, because we know that if we want to change the gender norms, uh, and if we want a more enabling environment for uh, adolescents and young women and, and boys to also have access to to the health uh, sexual operative health services the community should also be involved supportive, it has to be supportive yeah. uh, so we are working with um, uh, we are working with community leaders actually we have like community leaders that are part of the project they are involved in the project and they are allies and who they also had to go through training and also they are uh, still in a process of Also reflecting and and learning themselves, and kind of so it's, uh, but they are already, let's say, on our side. And this, and with us, we also work with other um, community activists uh, that they are creating uh, spaces within the communities to um, discuss around these issues. So we have different types of activities, community debates, groups where we have men and women together. Having open discussions mm-hmm. and dialogues, we are also working with um, uh, with the, um, with all just with men. Some of them, what we say, like uh, the barrier men or the difficult mm-hmm. men. Not all. It's not just groups of the difficult, difficult ones, but some of them are those parents that uh, they want their children, their daughters, to li- le- leave a school or. Men that we know that may that they are a bit uh, aggressive or that they so we have some specific and with other men in general uh-huh. we have a specific also groups to discuss these issues and and to work on a bit on masculinity norms and and then we have another type of intervention which is more clinical uh, interventions and also working with other uh, institutional uh, partners like I was saying health system, as well as uh, the social action institution and others.
0: Yeah, it's really important. Like, we often talk about needing to work with the the young girls and boys, but also working with the broader community because, you know, if we talk about the importance of the girls are newly um, empowered or... uh, feeling like they want to stay in school and don't want to get married if you're not also working with the community to change the community norms it's harder for them to do that or if girls decide they want to access services but the rest of the community hasn't been brought along they might not feel comfortable going to the clinics to do that so it, it yeah it all you needs have, to happen if you have a
1: if that girl has an aunt who is supportive may mm-hmm. maybe she could go with her to the health facility or she knows that uh, her mother or her sister or her sister uh, is someone she could turn to if she has a problem because I, I think that's essential and and actually sometimes there are some projects where it seems that w- they f- they focus more on just on the men like as a barrier but mm-hmm. we know that we should of course also work with those mothers, those grandmothers, the aunts, the I mean in the end everyone in the community mm-hmm. who is also. Um, supporting certain norms that. Uh, yeah, absolutely, be... and
0: sometimes the mothers are more the gatekeepers than than the men. We've seen that with some traditional practices, like with FGM, that often it's the mothers that are still very invested in keeping the practice alive, and not the men.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. So those are, I would say that the, these community dialogues are very, very interesting because. Uh, uh, you get, they really get to have a reflection, and they bring the, for example, on some um, practices like could be early marriage or, okay, what are the effects of this? What happens? Is it good? Is not good? Why? I mean, what if this girl doesn't marry at 15 and she marries at 20? I mean, does it, what are the different? They put themselves in different situations, mm-hmm. and so just to, to at least to start questioning if this is good or not, on what are the effects? It's, I think it's already a great a step forward I mean, at least to start thinking about it and reflecting together about that you know? I think that that is the first step for change
0: absolutely so what can what can listeners do to help change social norms not just in Mozambique but you know in their own community mm-hmm.
1: yeah well I think we all <laughs> can do something it's something yeah we can we should, actually we should start from ourselves right and uh, I think, for example, just on how uh, those who have children, how I mean, I think we should realize and think more about how we are educating them. Are we educating them equally? Are we are we al- already reinforcing stereotypes since they are born? Or <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so um, I think from the very uh, in very simple things actually, and how we manage our households, and are we sharing tasked with our par- partner are we I mean how are actually how, decision make, how decisions are made in our house uh, so I would say at all levels uh, breaking the silence when we see inequalities when we see also violence but sometimes it's uh, this micro-violence that uh, Absolutely. we don't consider I mean it's not just talking about rape we, I mean there are so many forms of violence that uh, sometimes we are not that somehow we are overlooking and, and the small things something that I particularly like on is uh, language, how we use our language and uh, how language is also yeah, language matters language matters so much and the words we use how we do we use them uh, I think we should start being
0: more careful Absolutely. That's something I've been working on, and I think everybody sh- needs to be paying particular attention to the words they use. Um, and it can go a long ways to making a difference, particularly for marginalized people.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think we realize that we can be very... We are not inclusive many times. Yes. In our language. And that we leave many people out. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Or invisible.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. So that is our homework this week is everybody needs to sit down and think about their language. And I know I'm trying to be better, but I'm not always going to be perfect. Um, but I also encourage listeners to push me if they catch me um, not being perfect to do better. And, you know, maybe there are things that you, that you haven't considered yet that are ways you can be better. And so I always encourage people to push, push me to be better. So, Australia, thank you for being here. It was a wonderful thank conversation.
1: <laughs> thank you.
0: For more information, including show notes from this episode and previous episodes, please visit our website at reprosfightback.com. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at Repros Fight Back. If you like our show, please help others find it by sharing it with your friends and subscribing, rating, and reviewing us on iTunes. Thanks for listening.